Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we are on the Airwaves with Commander Glenn Ryu, the Commanding Officer of the United States Naval Test Pilot School, to learn more about TPS and what it takes to be selected into this elite training program. Sir, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So the United States Naval Test Pilot School, it's located here in Patuxent River, Maryland, and it's always played an integral role in naval aviation. Tell me about the school. Why is it so special? We are here to educate the world's finest test pilots, flight officers, and flight test engineers. We do that by bridging the tactical to the technical. So we bring the mission relations side of the tactical operator into the acquisition process. So here's how we buy things. Here's the impact of this characteristic on this system. And the key point here is that mission impact. That's why test pilot school is so important to make sure that the folks who are designing and producing the equipment that we need to perform our operational mission is built correctly. So why is it so special? Well, it is, it's the culture and the people at test pilot school. We have a rich heritage and we have a very large team of smart, professional, motivated people that are all heading in the same direction. It's a great place to be. So speaking of those people, what makes a good test pilot? Well, a good test pilot knows their platform and their mission, first and foremost. And they're able to draw from a highly technical foundation to design, execute, and communicate aviation test events, all the while implementing appropriate risk mitigation and buildup to take a potentially dangerous event and make it appear to be routine. In short, test pilots have a special combination of gut feeling and technical know-how that enables them to effectively bring the tactical impact to the acquisition process. So, speaking of that gut know-how, what separates a test pilot from other naval aviators? Grit, perseverance, self-sacrifice, vision is a big one. The vision to see a goal down, down the path, whether that's a personal career goal or a professional impact kind of goal. Uh, there's definitely an element of attitude that's involved in there, but it is counterbalanced by a large dose of humility. Who can apply? What qualifications do you think you need to be successful in the program? So U.S. Navy applicants should be naval aviators and naval flight officers approaching the end of their first sea tour or at the beginning of their first shore tour. Qualifications are really only one element of what makes a successful candidate. Selectees have consistently been officers who are ranked the number one or sometimes the number two EP on their high water competitive fit rep. Second is pack plus player and that means that we look for those aviators who achieve the extra qualification and those are community specific but often they include advanced mission or instructor qualifications or key junior officer ground jobs that the officers community values. Third thing is timing. Without a competitive high water fit rep, like I mentioned, from the first sea tour, an aviator's career will not progress. We've seen that in the past. And then the last thing that we look at, and it's not a hard selection criteria, but it, it's a recommendation. If a candidate is assessed that they don't possess the academic background that has proven successful in the past, uh, then, then a recommendation is made to the board that an individual shouldn't be selected. But that's, it's not a firm selection criteria. It's a recommendation based off of years of experience. So you have to have quite the resume, it sounds like. <laughs> yes, it, it's definitely competitive. It's not for everyone. It's very competitive. Not everyone gets in. 
and it's a, it's a challenging career field. So tell me about the makeup of a TPS classroom. So a typical long course TPS class is made up of 20 to 22 Navy and Marine Corps aviators. We have four or five Army pilots in there because the Naval Test Pilot School trains all of the Army test pilots. We have an exchange with the Air Force Test Pilot School, so we take one Air Force officer every class and we send one Navy or Marine Corps officer to Air Force Test Pilot School. We have an exchange with the Empire Test Pilot School, as well as EPNR, which is the French Test Pilot School. And in addition to that, we usually have two to three NAVAIR engineers. So it's a, it's a very diverse class makeup, and that's one of the strengths of the school, is we have a variety of backgrounds for each of our students that they, they bring a different flavor to the class. And each class has its own tone based off of the students and their experiences. So obviously a lot of benefit to having a diversity of classroom, but tell me about the instructors. We have 12 academic instructors. They're all government civilians, and they have been, they are recognized experts in their fields. We have several PhDs on staff, and they really, they really bring the academic foundation to our fleet aviators who haven't been in a classroom in seven or so years based off of their career timing. So the academics, is, it's designed as kind of a, an engineering degree refresher, but it is very accelerated. For example, our math review, we start off day one with a number line, you know, negative numbers on the left, positive numbers on the right. By the end of week two, we're doing multivariable calculus. It is fast paced, but it forms the foundation for the technical aspect of the course, and that's how we bridge the tactical to the technical. So that's our academic instructors. Our flight instructors, we have 24 of them, and they are a combination of active duty military, government civilian, and contractors, all of whom are test pilot school graduates, and they're all screened before they're allowed to come back on staff. They're very professional, they're very knowledgeable, they usually hold three different aircraft qualifications, and often they fly two sorties a day, and in addition to that, there are grading requirements. So the, the workload for a student is, is pretty high. Workload for staff is almost as demanding, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. But it is so rewarding, uh, it's really valuable to do that. That kind of actually is a great segue into what is a typical day like for a student? So. The, the mantra, the joke that we have is that a typical day at test pilot school consists of a half a day of academics, a half a day of flying, and a half a day of report writing. So, the, it, which is, there is some truth to that because we have 15 months worth of skill set that we're trying to cram into 11 months. And that system, while challenging, has been working well for 74 years, and we know that we have students who are our graduates are well prepared for their jobs and flight test. So once someone graduates from test pilot school, what's next? So the next job for a naval aviator or a naval flight officer graduate of test pilot schools, they'll go to a test squadron, usually a developmental test squadron, based either at Patuxent River or China Lake or potentially Point Magoo in California for a two to three year test tour, a developmental test, and that's where 
they get a look at the new systems that the Navy is purchasing and they get an opportunity to provide feedback to the program manager who holds the purse strings on what gets fixed. So it's a crucial element of our acquisition process to have these educated, tactical, technical professionals who can communicate effectively to the decision makers. So tell me about uh, the Fleet Seat Scholarship. The Fleet Seat Scholarship was designed to help spread the word about Naval Test Pilot School and to allow officers an opportunity to come to Pax River and dip their foot in the pool, so to speak, so that they can get a flavor for what flight test is like without that career path shift that a long course, you know, applying to the long course, would entail. So they can come, take a look at it, and then bring their experiences back to their fleet squadron and their fleet area and, and talk about them. And I have encouraged every one of our fleet seat officers to be brutally honest about their experience. The operators understand that in the short course, we're just touching on the wave tops. And if they really want to get in depth, then they should apply for the long course. Why do you think it's so crucial to have test pilot school located here at the heart of testing? You just said it right there. This is the heart of testing. One of the great things about the schoolhouse and my position leading it is that 99% of our activity is unclassified. Physics is unclassified. So we have foreign partners, as I mentioned, our international partners that come through the class. It makes it easy for us to conduct our course of instruction. Since we are the gateway for every officer to get to those test squadrons, the combination of those two things makes it very easy and beneficial for us to do things like this to help recruit for the community as a whole, even though getting more officers to apply doesn't directly benefit Naval Test Pilot School. It benefits the acquisition community. Surprisingly, I've heard, or I understand, that applications are a bit down from previous years. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there are a few reasons for that. Three or four years ago, there was a selection rate for test pilots and NFOs that was lower than normal, and it was lower than the fleet average. And in looking into the causes of that, we identified that the community values sheet that goes in front of the promotion board didn't have the word test in it. So we fixed that. Now, specifically for aviation, what the community values sheet reads that flight test and VX are valued by naval aviation. And the acquisition community is, is the key to us performing our operational mission. If we don't have the right equipment, we can't perform the mission. And we need professionals to identify the deficiencies that limit our effectiveness. The second thing that I think goes into it is that the board timing has changed. So as of this fiscal year, each of the selection boards has moved two months to the left. And for many years, it has been the same month, time and time. So I think that maybe that kind of threw people off a little bit. Uh, but that is not just a trend. That's, that's going to continue. The boards moved to the left by two months so that we could give folks more opportunity to react. So pay attention to those dates. Yes. Get in your applications. Absolutely. All right. So you mentioned a few 
bits and pieces about curriculum through our conversation, but kind of give me that overhaul. I'm coming into test pilot school, what curriculum am I looking at? That depends on what your job is, really, is what it boils down to. Okay. So the, the, we have three curricula. We have the fixed wing, rotary wing, and then airborne and unmanned systems. Now, that may mislead people to think that only unmanned systems topics are taught in that third curriculum, but that's not true. That's my, that is my home for all of my platforms that are unmanned. Everyone who goes through test pilot school will gain experience in the aircraft, in manned aircraft, and will have a certain element of here's how we test unmanned systems as well. Looking to the future is important, but the school is rich in history and heritage. Tell me about some of the famous faces that have walked through the doors of TPS. So we have a rich history and heritage at Naval Test Pilot School. We were founded in 1945, so this is our 74th year of operation. We have graduated more than 4,400 students in 155 classes. So if you get through the selection criteria, then it's a pretty good chance that you'll be, become one of the, the number of graduates. So some of our graduates are names that you definitely would recognize, like Wally Shara. Alan Shepard, John Glenn, Admiral Stockdale, Charlie Bolden, recent director of NASA. Those are all Naval Test Pilot School graduates. Nearly 100 of our U.S. astronauts are Naval Test Pilot School graduates. Yeah, actually one of the, the best days of my career was actually having the opportunity to interview John Glenn. So he's always been one of my favorites. <laughs> all right, the fact aside that I'm terrible at math and engineering, but let's say that that wasn't the case, and I did want to be a test pilot. How do I get started? How, what, what do I need to do to apply? First thing is to make sure you look at the naval message to figure out the timing for the selection boards. That's the big thing. Submit your application early, get it in so that we have a, a good understanding of kind of the, the, the demand, the, the interest in that board, and then follow up later with the letters of recommendation. Which, by the way, letters of recommendation are not a selection criteria. They're an element of the application package. It's taken into consideration. But if you don't meet the selection criteria, it doesn't matter what kind of letter you have. Good advice. All right, so you've heard it here. Get your applications in, meet those deadlines, and uh, get ready for an exciting point in your career. Yes. Sir, thank you for joining us to talk about the United States Naval Test Pilot School. This has been really a lot of fun today. So. Absolutely. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.